The tropical rainforests of South America hide all kinds of rare and fascinating animals, including a host of one-of-a-kind frogs. The polka dot tree frog may look like your typical aimless amphibian, but it actually leads a secret glamorous life full of glow sticks and rave battles. By day, he's a mild-mannered croak Kent, but by night, he's a glowing personality. But sometimes, being seen is how you avoid danger here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Uh, But today, we're talking about a frog with a bright personality. More on that later. He really gets to shine in this one. He does. (laughs) He does. (laughs) But... We're talking about the polka dot tree frog. Yeah. A frog with four names. A frog? And many with... more names, I'm assuming. Uh, it's also called the dotted tree frog, which, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but we're going to call it here glow glands. Uh, Boana of Matunui. Good. Which we'll go on, we'll talk about later. And uh, Gus Polinski. You know, the polka king of the Midwest. The Kenosha Kickers? Polka, polka, <laughs> polka. I called him Jan Levan, who was another polka king. I don't, I couldn't, I can't name any actual polka kings. <laughs> Jan Levan was a guy, he was like in a polka band, and then he started, it was like in the 80s, and he started um, taking. Drugs? No, he started taking uh, investments, like vague investments from old people. Like in, in like he thought like he would take these investments and like invest them into his band and in other things, and then like return them. But like some for some reason he, he got into a lot of legal trouble and he like he started selling these trips to Europe and stuff and like he basically he he started selling things he didn't have in the hopes that once he had the money he would have those things to give those. Oh, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's exactly what a Ponzi Ponzi scheme. scheme. Yeah. So he he was like he's like this uh, Polish immigrant who like stumbled into these uh, financial crimes. (laughs) The the Uh, long the long arm of of the crime, the Polish polka crime underworld. Underworld. Anyway, he was played by Jack Black in a movie, and I saw it. It was funny. Oh, that's why you know about it. I was like, why does anybody know about this? <laughs> and it's because Jack Black made it famous. I don't know. Uh, it's Jack Black or John Candy. Well, those are the those are the two polka kings. Exactly. Would Jerk you like it. me to do the? Would you like to know where, where it sits in the taxonomic spectrum? Yes, please. That'll explain one of my nicknames. <laughs> okay. Uh, the kingdom is Animalia. You know it. You love it. You're in it. I am. The phylum Chordata. You know what it means. Spines. Class, amphibia, that's amphibians. things that live in the water and in the land. The order is Anura, which is frogs and toads. Mm-hmm. The family is Hyli- Hylidae, which is link. 
and <laughs> the legend, uh, all the Legend of Zelda people. Holiday. Just, just kidding. It is a, it's tree frogs. And then the genus is Boana, because Bo- Boana means family. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. It means genus. <laughs> it is the it is the genus, but it doesn't mean genus. Genus, it's genus. Not, it's not the family. It's Boana uh, of Matunui. Here to take uh, Maui across the ocean to restore the heart of Tafiti. Mm-hmm. But it's also gladiator frogs, which is a cool name. Uh, and I couldn't find why it was called that, but it's a cool name. Yeah. And then uh, frogs of the genus were once in Hyla, but they were moved uh, in a major taxonomic revision. 70 species were moved into the family and more have been discovered since then. Ooh, taxonomic revisions sound exciting. <laughs> uh, but the species is punctata, Boana punctata. That's Fun. what a wonderful phrase. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to come back to this well? Because it's, the- it's that this one's a good one, though. Boana punctata. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Well, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups. You think I was going to say something else? Of course not. It's the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the name of uh, the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? We've done frogs a couple times, and I know you know the answer is army. So we're going to do toads this time because I don't think we've I don't think we've gone that that route. So, and since they're so closely related, all in the order Anura, so... You did toads before, but it might have been before. Yeah, we did the Colorado River toad, but that was long before uh, critter groups arrived on the scene. So, if you saw a group of toads, would you call it A, a pile of toads, B, a knot of toads, C, a catch of toads, or D, a clasp of toads? I think it's clasp. I think the answer is not final answer you think the answer is not what i <laughs> gotcha 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 i know what you're saying i know what you're getting at is that your so that's your final answer yes ding 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 you are correct i knew that for some reason that was familiar to me is it you knew it in a past life yeah or we might have talked about it before <laughs> so if you've never seen a red uh, polka dot tree frog and you cannot google it uh i'll google it for you <laughs> <laughs> the 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 frog is a typical tree frog so it's like low to the ground not like a toad where it sits upright and not like a poison dart frog like we talked about before that kind of sits upright it likes to sit clo- close to the ground it's kind of got a peanut shaped body um and its head is kind of like the same width as its body um and they come in yellow and bright colors with sometimes with polka dots on the back i wonder why it's why it's Hmm. called that uh but brownish auburn polka dots and big round bulbous eyes sticking off of its head it is native to south america especially brazil bolivia paraguay peru venezuela colombia ecuador and then all the way down into Argentina. Ecuador. Yeah, it's a pretty standard tree frog, except that it looks like it has chicken pox. 
which is good because then it won't get shingles later on in life. And it, like like most tree frogs, it has those signature big old hands with the little discs on the end of them for clasping onto surfaces. But we've talked about frog, but how big is frog? Frog come in many size. So let's move on to the only way we could ever potentially find out the size of something, which is... Measure it. Yeah. I want a new segment called Measure It, where we just just go and look up how big it is. (laughs) That sounds just like, how would we ever even like imagine that in our mind's eye? The only way we can do it is through a segment I like to call Measure Up. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week, so that means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Crickets. Oh, there it was. Did you hear it? <laughs> oh my! A lot of these, a lot of these home videos will be like, "This is the sound of this," and then you click on the video, and it's like forty-five seconds of nothing or ambient sound, and then one screech like that. Yes, exactly. Um. All right, what are my options? Because I'm I'm at a loss here. Is that a a rabbit? Is that B, a turtle. Is it C, a squirrel, the infamous squirrel? Or is it D, a toad? Oh, toads make weird sounds sometimes. I'll give but... you a hint. Okay. The animal is at a vet's office, and it has a respiratory infection. <laughs> so it might be different than it should normally sound. Okay. Well, I think it's less likely to be a turtle or a frog then. Or toad. Toad would be thematically appropriate for this episode. But since when have you been thematically appropriate with this part of the... It would throw me for a loop. Um, I'm going to go with a rabbit. Final answer. A rabbit final answer. The correct answer is turtle. No. That's a turtle? Yes. And guess what his name is? Wheezy? Mr. Turtle. (laughs) Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. He was he was named by a two year old, right? Uh, he, apparently they were. He was taking they they took Mister Turtle to the vet with a respiratory infection, but he wouldn't make this squeaky raspy sound in front of the vet. So they took a video of it when the vet left the room. Oh, he's he has asthma stage fright. Yeah, <laughs> that is a really 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 weird sound. Um, because it's not like. Oh, this is different from the sounds that turtles usually make. It's this is a turtle making a sound in the first place. Um, and it sounds like a squeaky, raspy little voice. Yeah. I mean, you could have told me it was a bush baby and I would have believed that. The The introduction of the respiratory infection really made it so that it could have been any animal on Earth. Except for like a... Anything that can't get a respiratory infection. Or like something does, hu- huge. Because it doesn't have lungs. <laughs> everything uh, everything respirates, even plants, but they don't have lungs. Yeah. So, let's talk length. 
Okay. They are between three and four centimeters or 1.2 and 1.6 inches. Snout to vent. That means- Vent is the bum. Nose holes to bee holes. <laughs> uh, they're four centimeters. Let's, let's call it four centimeters or 1.6 inches, the upper end of ab- average. How many polka dot tree frogs go into the longest chain of paper animals ever? Chain, chain of paper animals? Like linking the mon- barrel of monkeys kind of thing? I, th- I think it's like, you know, like you cut. Yeah, you yeah. Can cut like, like it looks like people holding hands or something like that. Yeah, that's what I was I, I tried to find like what the heck is a chain of paper animals. And listen, Guinness Book of World Records. Get your act together with the article pages for these r- records. Be specific and zero take pictures. Information. <laughs> It'll be a standard photo of just like a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different records. And it just says, this ridiculous thing you've never heard of was this long. <laughs> so it's like, okay, good. Wow. So the, uh, op- the potential for this is infinite. I don't even know. Like, this could be miles long or it could be like... 10 feet probably well i will i did find some information and here but through different sources and here's what i found the chain depicted yagarets you know what that is Uh, it's a yagarets it's uh when you uh randomly screech out like a jaguar um compulsively it's like tourette's but for jaguars no it's an endangered species of jaguar native to argentina it's a subspecies yeah that made more sense than what i said uh, the record was achieved by Kinder Natoons in Buenos Aires. So what is a Kinder Natoon? Uh, I think it has something to do with Kinder Surprise. It's like a child. I don't know. What's a Natoon? I don't know. Uh, but I typed it in and Kinder Surprise came up. So maybe it's that. <laughs> it's because you put Kinder in there. And just... <laughs> All right. My my guess is, um, well, so my guess for how long it is. If this is a person's name, I'm so sorry. Kinder Natoon. <laughs> yeah it's true it probably is somebody's name actually uh, or it's like a i think it's a company so i'm gonna guess that is a mile long of paper animals and which would mean that they are so my guess is so i'm getting my, my guess is that it's a mile of of paper animals which would mean that thirty nine thousand six hundred of these frogs go into the length of this um, extremely long and possibly impossible uh chain of animals Final answer? Yes. 39,600. The correct answer is 19,065. The chain was 762.63 meters, or 2,502 feet. That's about, yeah, about half a mile. I was exactly double. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no way of knowing, like, why couldn't they do a mile? Just... With they didn't more have paper, paper and some tape, yeah, you just need more paper and tape, and you're you're you could just beat that that world record in I guess a couple of days. Unless they weren't allowed to use tape, and they had to make it in out of this huge roll of paper. Mm. I, I we'll never know because Guinness just doesn't want to <laughs> doesn't want to provide details here. Uh, let's talk weight. All right, that's a little rude, but so I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find the weight of this little boy, but he seems about the same size and length as gray tree frogs. 
And the engraved tree frogs weigh like 0.25 ounces or 7 grams. Okay. So unless gray tree frogs are thinner or denser, then it should be about that size. So how many tree frogs go into the weight of a yagarette? You said 0.25 ounces? Yes. Okay. That helps. A fourth of an ounce. Quarter of an ounce. Oh. Here's a hint. Jaguar weight is relatively wide-ranging, but we're going for the upper end of average as always. I'm, I'm just learning about these jaguarettes. It's just a jaguar. Oh, it's not a smaller... I thought you said it was a smaller subspecies. I think it's a subspecies that's native to Argentina. I don't think it's its own species. I couldn't find... I Again... There was a lot of, like, what is a Yagro? All this information that came from Guinness was strange. (laughs) I mean, it it sounds like a little Jaguar. Kinder, Natoons, Yagwarets. What the heck is all this stuff? Or it it sounds like the name of the femme fatale in a movie. It's like, hi, my name is uh, Mr. Evil Boss, and this is my assistant, lovely assistant, (laughs) Yagwaret. I'm Kendra Natoon, and this is my lovely assistant. <laughs> the Adventures of Kinder Natoon and Jaguarette. Okay, so, uh, I mean, if jaguars are huge. So, um, I'm going to say that the weight of a jaguar is uh, 300 pounds. My guess is that 19,200 of these frogs go into the weight of a jaguarette. Final answer? Yes. You would have been close if we were going with the rare case largest ever Jaguars, which can be up to 348 pounds. But we went with the upper end of average, which is 212 pounds. Uh, So the answer is 13,737 frogs. That is some wide-ranging weight distributions. Yep. It's like it can either be uh, just over 200 pounds or... Uh, 350 pounds. So if you're talking a particularly small female versus a particularly large male, it can be like hundreds of 100 pound difference or 200 pound difference. That's true. That's true. It's like uh, elephants and stuff. Okay. Well, that was a little bit better than the first one. Well, that's all I got for that. Are you ready to hear some fast facts? Yep. So, Mr. John Levon likes to live in subtropical and tropical swamps and forests, but they can also be found in urban areas uh, and gardens, the Polka King, uh, (laughs) and his cousins live in Central and South America and in the Caribbean, but Jan himself hails from Argentina. So, so the, the, like, tree frogs of his genus are all over South America, but this boy is particularly Argentinian. Tree frogs are so named because they spend a majority of their lives in trees away from ground predators. They have a superior climbing ability when it comes to to- like compared to toads. Tree frogs may come to the ground to mate and spawn, but some lay eggs in the water that's collected in like bowl-like plants and they never have to leave the leaves. You could say that they go toad to toad when with, it comes to climbing. With what? <laughs> with, with toads. They don't. They <laughs> leave them in the dust. 
most tree frogs are smaller than toads because it helps them to get around on thin branches without falling. Makes sense. Hylids have forward-facing eyelids. <laughs> I mean, forward-facing eyes, which give them binocular vision, and that helps them move around and leap from branch to branch and see things in front of them rather than all around them. Uh, and it also helps them find prey. They find that, isn't that true? Like, binocular vision is better for things that are higher up. If your face is high, high off the ground, it's better to be forward-facing with your eyeballs. I think we talked about that. I think it's more of a if 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 the animal is more prey than predator, then it tends to have eyes that are on the side so that it has more oh yeah evasive range of movement. Maneuver, uh, um, opportunities. We talked about eyesight when it came to that palace's cat because it had round pupils. Yeah, where cats of its size usually have slit pupils. Cats in general usually have slit pupils. Big cats have round. Like tigers. Well, I guess most species of cats are not big cats. That's true. Hylids lay eggs in a variety of locations, including traditional spots like ponds, but they may also lay them in trees and holes in trees. Some lay eggs on in sticky clusters on the sides of plants, and then when the eggs hatch, the tadpoles fall from the plant into the water below. Hmm. Hylids usually are usually big-time bug eaters, feeding Same. mostly on invertebrates. You're, you're a big-time bug eater? <laughs> big, big-time. But larger larger ones may take on more robust prey, like, I don't know, a very small mouse. Feisty, feisty mouse. <laughs> Mighty mouse. Um, that's all I got. All right, well, then it's time for the major fact. Now... Join me on this on this small uh, physics lesson because um, occasionally we have to delve into science. And uh, when it comes to chemistry, I usually don't touch that with a ten foot pole. But I I I have a general grasp on basic physics, so let's let's go. Let's join. Here we go. All right. So there's a lot of ways that light can be generated or interact with matter. Luminescence Fire. is. This- Right. So luminescence (laughs) is the spontaneous emission of light that doesn't result from heat. So not like fire. Um, Even though light, fire generates light, but that's because it's hot. Uh, So this would be a cold light, luminescence. And there's lots of different kinds, and we've actually covered some of them on some of our episodes. One is fractal luminescence, which is uh, light that's produced by breaking crystals, which is crazy. Um, There's electroluminescence, where light is produced by an electrical current. Um, there's bioluminescence, which we've talked about a lot, where light is produced by chemicals um, inside of an animal, so there's a chemical reaction. And there's even sonoluminescence, where light is produced by a really uh, intense sound, specifically the sound of an imploding bubble. And if you remember, that's what the mantis shrimp uses as a weapon. Um, so it's if you remember that episode, if you go all the way back to like episode 6 or something... Um, You'll hear us talk about how the mantis shrimp can uh, create these these uh, bubble cavities that implode and become hotter than the sun for a second and also uh, light up just at the sound. So it's pretty crazy. But let's talk about a relatively new one, photoluminescence. Um, there are two types of photoluminescence. Fo- That's a camera flash, right? 
Well, the, yeah. So that <laughs> <laughs> it's a luminescence from a photo. From a photo, yeah. Whenever you take a picture, it just lights up the sky. Um, there's phos- phosphorescence and fluorescence, and so th- this polka dot tree frog uh, uses fluorescence. And so with fluorescence, f- photons, you know, light particles, are absorbed at a certain wavelength and then emit those photons back out at longer wavelengths. So light is, we all know light is uh, a particle that travels in a wave format. The the longer the wave, uh, the different kind of light is produced or absorbed. Um, So for a long time, zoologists thought that only fish and invertebrates uh, possessed fluorescence. with the exception of some parrots, apparently I couldn't couldn't find out which parents which parrots were f- fluorescent, but uh, it's probably something we should, might want to check into later. Uh, the mantis shrimp is fluorescent, uh, but they discovered the polka dot tree frog was f- fluorescent back in 2017 um, when scientists shone a, an ultraviolet light on a few of the specimens that they had collected in Argentina. Um, so when you shine this UV light on the frog, it goes from this normal-looking frog with chicken pox to this extremely bright, glowing blue or green frog. It looks like a glow-in-the-dark frog. Um, unfortunately, you can't see this glow without the ultraviolet light, so it doesn't just naturally glow like like something that has bioluminescence, like a firefly. Um, it, it requires the, the UV light, and... If you don't know UV light, it's it's black light. You know, you've seen you see it at concerts and uh, boomers and stuff like that. Um, it's just a fun little thing that they use to make your shoelaces glow. Um, but it's actually a form of electromagnetic radiation, aka light, that has a pretty high wavelength. So high, or I guess long, long wavelength. Um, oh wait, wait, wait. No, sorry, short. Has a pretty short wavelength, and it's so short that you you can't see it, because um, you see kids like diarrhea caused by some bad ceviche or filthy Venetian water. Light comes in waves and varying intensities. The longest waves are AM radio waves that can be like a hundred meters long, and the shortest waves are gamma ra- rays, which are uh, you know point zero 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 one nanometers, and are more likely to kill you than turn you into the Hulk. And we humans only see wavelengths between 400 and 750 nanometers. So we see a really small portion of the entire spectrum. Um, And all the colors and everything that we see falls within the spectrum. Um, So it's it's pretty interesting to think that we we can only see just a just a tiny fraction of uh, of everything that's out there. Uh, Everything else is invisible to us. So ultraviolet light is invisible to us. it's just barely too short for us to see, just past, well, you guessed it, violet. Um, so, since the frog's skin takes short wavelengths and then produces long wavelengths, um, then it takes in the ultraviolet light, which we ju- is just outside of our zone, and then turns it into a wavelength that we can see, because it, it, uh, it just increases the wavelength a little bit so that's why we can and the same thing happens with uh anything that's fluorescent whether it's you know there might be fluorescence on your shirt or your or your uh 
your shoelaces or whatever, um, you know, fluoride on your teeth. If you, you know, if you use fluoride on your teeth and you go into like a laser tag and you smile, your teeth will glow. Um, it's all, uh, just taking in the invisible black light and projecting out, um, a, a wavelength that we humans can see. Um, but how, what makes this frog skin so fun? You might ask. Well, that's thanks to some special juice in the frog's skin. Um, but this is where I uh, jump off the science wagon because then it gets into chemistry. And like we found out um, in the when we were talking about extremophiles and the uh, the scaly foot snail, I just it, it, they just start saying sentences I can't comprehend. So we'll leave <laughs> it at the fact that it's super juices in the frog skin. Um, and uh, because it's because this secretion, they actually can leave fluorescent trails wherever they go. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the uh, the the glowing under certain circumstances, uh, shiny polka dot tree frog. Did you know that they discovered it by accident? By the shining the UV light on it. Well, yeah, they were shining the UV light on it because they were trying to find they. I think they found the like the juice and they were like this could be a uv like glowing this could glow and they they thought it would just be like this little secretion but the whole frog glowed they're like whoa that's bright because it is really bright i mean it's it's neon green or sorry neon uh blue and green all right that was the polka dot tree frog the poke king of the of south america so for you out there in podcastia stay bright play it cool and pay some of that light forward like the polka dot tree frog here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks most of all for listening. it's neon green or sorry neon uh blue and green same really i've never i've never like hit you with a uv light before well we've probably been have you ever have you ever been to monster golf no when i got a monster golf i'm just shiny blue oh that must be (laughs) spectacular (laughs) <laughs> I know that we've played a laser tag in the UV Oh, that's right. Uh, room, room. Um, so uh, I don't remember being blinded by your brilliance, um, but uh, I, I may have just blotted that out of my memory. You're, it's repressed. Yeah. <laughs>